and welcome to the smoke break. Give it up for yourselves for being here. Thank y'all so much. Thank you. Thank y'all so much. We are live here at the Haymaker. I am so excited. Give it up for Dave and Nick, our bar staff. They've been providing the space, providing the treats, providing the drinks. Um, so this, there's actually a big announcement uh, for this episode. This is actually our last episode on Shady Pines Radio and Pretty Dope Experience Radio. Aw, I know. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure you do that into the microphone because I need them to know they're sad. It's we happening. have cue cards. Aw. Yeah, Aww. yeah, yeah. All together. Um, but we're actually going to be continuing the show as a live show for the next couple uh, months just as a monthly live show. So, yeah, thank you all so much for being here. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Um, the smoke break's been really important to me. Uh, it aligns with a lot of my core values of just listening to people, uh, understanding and being understood. So this episode, we're actually going to be talking about core values. All right. You excited? Let's talk about it. The important thing. All right. So, uh, core values. What's, what, what does that personally mean to you? Me? Yep. Taylor. You're looking at me. I'm looking directly at you. Okay. Uh, core values are, I think are just like the things that you, operate around almost unintentionally like the 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 things that go into 99% of your behaviors especially when you're being your most authentic self like for me it's uh it's like patience and that goes a lot further than just like time not just like being patient but just like being patient with yourself being being able to like give yourself the room to grow and give yourself the the room to like reflect on your mistakes your growth and what that what, what that even looks like yeah for you. definitely definitely i think that's really good just because it allows you to like understand that like if this is where i'm coming from are the things that i'm doing aligning with the things that i'm trying to do yeah yeah it, it gives it gives yourself the 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 room to to understand if, if you are even like aligning with yourself and the the opportunity to to, to like reflect appropriately for sure for sure jasmine what about you what uh what are, what do core values mean to you personally uh, the thing I was uh, on thinking about in the car on the way here was just the idea of like being curious instead of assuming because I feel like there's a, it's really easy. Uh, uh, you know, this is a mental health podcast. I, I have a rotten brain. It tells me bad things all the time. It says mean stuff mostly. Um, and so the idea of being curious and trying to kind of like tease out whether the bad thing it's saying is potentially accurate or not instead of just assuming that it is accurate um, but that also goes for other people. So if like I have a bad interaction with somebody at a bus stop at work or whatever, um, potentially being like, is that because I'm a terrible person that should like fall off a cliff or is that because that person had a really bad day? So trying to get like the full story before assuming the things my brain says are accurate, because I certainly hope not. Yeah, no, absolutely. Same. No, I, I can very similarly agree to that. What about you, Zoe? Yeah, I think I, I think part of like what you said, Taylor, like I think. Uh, your core values kind of like, well, they help you like figure out if you're in uh, in alignment with the things that are most important to you. And they're kind of like guideposts for like staying in tune with yourself. And I think often like when something doesn't feel right or when something feels off, checking in with your values and figuring out if you are in alignment with them or if you've even figured out what they are is like a really important way to figure out if you're approaching something from a standpoint that feels good and why. And if it doesn't feel good, that might be why. Also, some people don't even know what their core values are. So I think just like thinking about what they are. Yeah. And I think also like when you like, if you love something and it starts to get frustrating or stressful, it's always a really good way to remember like, why do I do this? And then you can remember, I love it. And I've, sometimes you lose sight of like why you love things or why things are important to you. And I think values. Yeah. I think they yeah, help establish that. Definitely. Yeah. I think for me, like when it comes to like core values, 
I think the importance is, yeah, it's the why, you know, like I, I feel like on the days where I'm like really struggling, I'm having a really difficult time. And, uh, you know, it's it, it, like I ask myself the question, why am I doing this? And I feel like that's a really important question. And if you can't answer that question, then it's it's easy to lose sight of the reasons why we do things. So, yeah, I think that's super important. Um, so all of us, uh, we work in mental health. Uh, I'm just kind of curious, like what are the ways that your core values aligned uh, with work in mental health? You asking me again, Michael? I, I'm again? asking whoever puts asking, the mic to their first. Asking the stage. Okay, I'll go. Yeah, first yeah, go for it. Uh, well, like I, I said that my core value, my main core value is like patience, and I think that goes a lot into like that, that can branch out into a lot of under a, a lot of other things. If, you, if you're patient with people, you can start to understand them a lot more. You can give them the room to even understand themselves a lot more. And uh, working in the mental health field with people that are struggling specifically, uh, it's 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 given me the opportunity to understand why they're struggling, what the struggle even looks like for them. Cause it's, it's, it's vastly different for everybody. You know, the, I think the best metaphor I can give is like the, the, the peanut allergy, you know, some people can operate around peanuts just fine, but some people have to go to the hospital if they're around them. So the, I think that if you apply that to other things like trauma, some things might be traumatizing for other people and might not affect anybody or might not affect you in nearly the same way, but um, yeah. giving somebody the, the patience and the, the, the room to explore what that would even look like for them the things that that affected them specifically and just talk about them and like work through them and e even just like say things that they didn't even necessarily mean to say and go back and reflect oh like i didn't i didn't mean that what i meant to say was you know something completely different but the opportunity to just put it on the table and kind of piece together the puzzle that that their brain has scrambled you know that that's 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 really important for me to be able to provide that for people. And, yeah. and that's given me the room to do that for myself too. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Jasmine, what about you? How, uh, how do your core values kind of align with your work? Yeah. I mean, I think, if, you know, there's the obvious stuff of like just like being curious about people and getting more information before assuming that I know what's going on with somebody. And, um, in, in my, my day-to-day -day work, I feel like that makes a lot of sense, but I guess I was trying to think of it, like even like extrapolating it to a bigger picture. I do a lot of looking on the internet, which we should stop doing because people are very stop it. in there. Stop it. Um, and especially the way that people are treating, uh, or, or talk about people that are homeless and people who use drugs and people who have mental health stuff or all of the above makes me want to do bad things to other people fair, fair. Um, because it makes me very, very, very mad. Um, and, and I wish that other people have the ability to kind of like come at it with some curiosity. So they have like a full picture before they make all of these like giant assumptions. But I think it makes me be able to that, that level of curiosity and not assuming that I understand where somebody's coming from until I get more information um, makes me less mad at people. It makes me like not, um, assume that people are coming from a bad place and it makes me assume that people are doing their best. I think that all of us are doing, I think for the most part, people are doing their best with what they have and the information they had at the time. Um, except that people aren't trying to also gain more information. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah, you, maybe you made the best assumption you could at the moment, but like you should really try and like learn more before you have like a hard stance about something. And I understand that's not what the internet is about and i should stop looking at it but <laughs> in general i really wish people would take some more time to like be curious before they decide that like homeless people are terrible or like people that are on the streets um and we're helping them we're enabling them if we're nice to that and i would like them all to shut up no oh, no that's fair that's definitely fair i like that i like that um i especially just you know something that like you kind of taught me early on was just kind of like coming from a place of like not knowing you know and it's like that's that's something that's very important to me because i feel like oftentimes when we do get upset it's because we think that we know we're just like this person did this because this reason that i think and i'm positive that's why 
And I think just coming from unless the- you're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm not. Uh- <laughs> But yeah, I, 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 I've always just kind of like appreciated like your, your stance on, you know, and why you do it. So yeah, thank you so much. Um, Zoe, what about you? How do your uh, values align with like your work in mental health? Yeah, I, I agree with Jasmine that I think that like generally most people are. Because I am also right all the yeah, time. Yeah, because Jasmine's always right. But <laughs> I like, I think, yeah, I generally believe that like most people are doing the best they can. And that if we like, I really like to come at it from like a like a systemic perspective of like a understanding the systems that impact our life and like the structural oppression that we are experiencing and like our position in the world because of those things. I think as someone who helps people with like, well, you know, yeah, it works in mental health. I think it's really important for people to understand all of those aspects before being like, what's wrong with me? Because if you're just like, what's wrong with me? And you don't look at those things, there's a lot of shame that you have to sort through. And I think a lot of that shame can be removed if you look at it from like, the big picture of all the systems we're impacted by. And then you can really like sort out like, what do I actually feel shitty about? And what do I feel shitty about? Because it's been put on me. It's a real big relief when you can let go of a lot of that shit. And that was like part of how I kind of work got to my better place with my mental health. So I think I just would like to share that perspective with people. And some people, a lot of people don't have access to that perspective too, because of those positions in life. So I think that's also like, if you do have access to that information, sharing it with people and helping them understand their experience is like that's really important to me. Yeah, wow. it, it's really hard to, to just like drown in the shame too, because yeah. you can get to a point where you're just like accepting it, like I just suck. This this just mm-hmm. sucks, and I just suck, and it sucks because I suck. And so like being able to kind of slowly peel back the layers on yeah. that and, and getting through shame is is really important to get into like the root of your values and the yeah and the, and the issues and how to you know navigate all that. Mm-hmm. And like every system is kind of like set up to make you feel like shit. It literally oh, yeah. make you feel like it, yeah. whatever it is yeah. is your fault. Yeah intentionally yeah yeah it's so, it's uh <laughs> very convenient for like i mean all the things like the the supremacy and the capitalism and mm-hmm. the, all the, all all the, the fun stuff about yeah <laughs> no i i think you know for me the way that like my core values align um would just be i'm, I'm just gonna say this so my uh high school psychology teacher is here today uh right there at this table oh, Give it up oh, for this this gentleman right here uh, made it made made me feel like I wasn't alone, and that was something I felt for a very very long time. And it wasn't until I went into that class and he started explaining the systems and and all of the things that kind of lead us to to feeling the way that we do about ourselves. Uh, it, it it just gave me so much clarity, and I think that like once I understood why I felt the way that I felt, it made me want to give that same clarity to the people around me. So thank you so much. Thank yeah, you so thank much. You. I appreciate you. Yeah. Yes. My high school yeah. psychology teacher was super mean. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. didn't make any sense. I like I had a really bad mental health crisis and came into class with like a hospital bracelet on my wrist one time, and she was like, "If you miss class again, and you just like started grilling me about shit." And I was yeah. like, "Are you sure you should be teaching psychology?" Like, yeah, they, yeah. They have psychology in high school? How did I miss that? Yeah, <laughs> my mom's like, "You should have taken that." Class. It was all like Freud and shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I guess it was like it was somebody having compassion for me because I remember when I was strugg I was struggling. I had lost my best friend in a car accident. Um, I was I was using drugs at the time. I was really struggling, and I just had somebody who saw me for who I was. They saw me for not my struggle. Uh, they they saw me for you know they they saw past that they're just like you are a person who's struggling you are a person who's very smart but because of the situation that you've been handed uh, you you're reacting reasonably to an almost unreasonable situation so it's like I think that 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 kind of compassion that we can offer to each other is extremely important so thank you for being the first one to do it so that way I can do it for these folks.
Yep, I appreciate you. Love you too. Love you too. Um, but yeah, so like core values are super important. Um, how do you revisit them uh, when you feel like you you might be getting, you know, uh, maybe bogged down by whatever's bogging you down? I, I Something I think is like, sometimes if you notice, like if you can notice your like physical reaction, like, like, like when you're like, you're elevated in some way, like your heart's beating or whatever. I think that's a way to know, like if you're feeling anxious, I think it's often a time to be like, hmm, what's going on here? Curiosity, like, you know, is a big part of it, but also part of it could be like, maybe there's something out of alignment here. And often it can have to do with like our core, like purpose or reason for doing something is off or we've forgotten what it is. So I think like noticing in your body when you feel anxious or even just depressed or just a strong emotion, like checking in with yourself, where it's coming from, what it means. And like, maybe if there's something out of alignment. That's a particularly difficult time to do that too. When you're, when you're like elevated and, and just heated in the moment, it's, exceptionally difficult to like reflect you know because it's it's hard to not get tunnel visioned on that That's on that true. anger and frustration so being being patient with yourself to be able to do that is yeah really important. i was gonna say noticing and then like giving yourself time to like try to get regulated and then be curious you're right it probably is a better yeah because like we need space to like sit with it figure out what's happening chill out and then be curious probably is a better process <laughs> yeah what about taylor about, what about you taylor how do you revisit your uh, core values um i i think we all kind of touched on what I was uh, like or what I'm about to say, but uh, like analyzing why the things that uh, escalated you escalated you, you know, and and that 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 anger and frustration comes from a place. I, I heard one time that like anger is the emotion that loves you the most because it, it, like it wants to protect you. And uh, that's it, that's a hard you know, like puzzle to like put together because it's really easy to view anger as just like like a destructive force, and uh, it, it very often can be. But uh, when you're able to kind of separate yourself from that anger and like you know look at it under a microscope, it it, it it'll start to make a lot more. At least it did for me. It made a lot more sense as to like why I was angry because I felt like there was an intense injustice in the situation, or, and there was there were like a lot just a lot of unfairness or manipulation, and I had to really get down to my core values of like being transparent and being honest and and and, and being patient with people and yeah and yeah. that navigating that was not an easy process sure 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 jasmine what about you um i think the main thing that i end up doing a lot at work is that it's like this, this like zoom in and out thing so when i am feeling uh very overwhelmed by the system and like you know the, the bigger systems um i try and zoom in really really far and so i'm like okay i cannot I don't have any power over all of these things, but what I do have power over is that I can like give this person in front of me a pair of socks and a sandwich and I can be very nice to them and they can take a nap under my desk while I do paperwork for half an hour and I have power and control over that and improving the per quality of this person's afternoon and, and all of like my values can be like carried out in that way. Uh, even if all of the other stuff is still total like on fire trash. Um, and then sometimes when the um, interaction I'm having right in front of me is actually like very overwhelming and the person is maybe being like very mean because they're having a very hard time um, in those moments, that's where I have to zoom really far out and be like, honestly, like in this moment, like it, later this moment won't matter. Like I got to zoom way out on like the the bigger scale of like this is going to be like a, a grain of sand in my entire life. Uh, which makes me feel a little bit better when I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, yeah. And just like in general at work, sometimes I will do this like silly exercise in a group setting uh, when I like facilitate a team meeting or whatever of just like 
asking people directly of just like, why did you get involved in the work in the first place? And having people go around one by one and just be like, you know, this will work. Blah, blah, blah. It's so tiring. But like the reason I got into it in the first place is and almost all of those stories are like. Powerful and meaningful and it brings up all of their stuff and it kind of like automatically reconnects the wires so people feel a little bit less. Um, I don't know, like distant from those values and why they're in there, even if like, even if that day is particularly terrible. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate and you, that. Zane? And me, Zane? Um, yeah, I would say um, it's it's basically, yeah, it's revisiting that why, because it's like, if I don't know why the hell I'm doing it, then it can seem like I'm failing. But if I know why I'm doing it, like if I say my my goal was to make a bunch of money or my goal was to uh to to save people and i feel like i didn't save somebody or i didn't make enough money then it's easy for me to like internalize it and feel like i'm failing but if i say the reason i did this is because i want to connect with people i want to give somebody who didn't have a friend a friend i want to you know offer support in a way that i felt like i didn't receive it then i can see myself succeeding in a different way so yeah thank you for asking all right we're going to take a real quick commercial break and we'll be right back cheers to you my friends you're listening to Shady Pines Radio. My name is Nate. And each Friday at 9 a.m., I bring you Burnt Cough. All things Northwest and touring acts. Only on Shady Pines Radio. Thanks for tuning in. And we are back with a smoke break. Uh, so this next part is something that you kind of talked about a little bit on the last one. Overwhelm. Uh, who here gets overwhelmed? Who here gets overwhelmed? One, two, only two people. No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. It's, it's a pretty common thing, right? I, I'd say we, we've all been overwhelmed. Uh, for me, when I get overwhelmed, I become not the version of myself that I want to be. Uh, is that kind of... Same, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I get- think... Go ahead, Taylor. The, uh, I was just gonna say that's when uh, like tunnel vision and like anger yeah. can like really start to make itself, you know, like 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 pop up in 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 the worst times because I feel like that's those are times where you definitely need to be more patient and lenient with yourself yeah. when you're feeling overwhelmed and being willing to like take a step back. Yeah, you can pretty much guarantee you're not thinking straight when you're overwhelmed. Oh yeah, and yeah. It, it, it's hard to realize that you're not thinking straight when you're not oh, thinking yeah. straight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just the idea that overwhelm is like a personal failure. Like, yeah, like it's my fault. I'm of course, it's it's me. Like, I'm the one that fucked up by being overwhelmed by this. Everybody else will be able to handle this set of circumstances. So great. Yeah. And I'm the one that can't do it. No matter how unrealistic I know that is. Yeah. But I appreciate you even saying that because I think like a lot of times I do feel overwhelmed. I'm like thinking from an outside perspective Mm -hmm. of like somebody who's not me would be handling this better. Yeah. How many times have you expressed being overwhelmed and somebody's like, why are you overwhelmed? You should totally have a handle on all that. They're usually like, "Uh, yeah, I'd be totally Which does not help. (laughs) Yeah. But if somebody does say that. I'm right. I was a piece of shit about not being (laughs) able to handle this. Awesome. Thank you for validating. No, you're right though. Usually, yeah. Usually when you feel overwhelmed, other people are like, yeah, no wonder you're overwhelmed when you tell them all the things things you're trying to do definitely <laughs> definitely so like how do you how do you check in with yourself and make sure that you're not getting overwhelmed usually takes me a day or two to be completely honest that's that's not something that i like like i said it's it's hard to recognize that when you're in it and so uh, you i just kind of have to accept that like oh this is not the vibe right now uh maybe it'll die down and i can't act on this too much right now i, I you kind of go into like survival mode you know and you just have to make sure that you're eating sleeping and drinking water at the very least and then you know hopefully it, it'll die down a little bit to the point where where you can navigate it and, and piece it back together and become the version of yourself that you want to be. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Jasmine? 
Uh, I kind of don't. That's maybe the problem. That's, that's how it happens. Yeah. Is, is I wasn't checking. Uh huh. I mean, I, the thing that keeps coming up for me is that like all the things that I get over the, the majority of the things that I get overwhelmed by are things that I also want to do. So like yeah. it's, yeah. it's like, oh, doing damn you shit. dropping I, truth bombs. <laughs> I try. Uh, yeah, it's like stuff that I want to do. Like I want to sign up for this show. I want to go on this trip. I'm going to do this project that are all really fun things that I'm totally invested in and I want to accomplish. And also I'm so tired and I would like to not do anything or leave my house mm-hmm. or talk to people ever again, even though my entire existence is based on talking to people like incessantly all the time. All the time. Uh, and like, I don't, I don't know how to not do those things because as soon as I like pull back and I'm like, well, that's overwhelming. I'm just not going to do so many things. I'm just like, why would I overcommit myself when I pull back and I'm like, careful. And then I'm like, oh, but I really wish I was doing more. Sh- why don't I, feel like yeah. I do shows more often? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and then I don't understand what I'm supposed to do, yeah. except that I don't think I should have to have a job. I mean, I just don't want to have to work ever <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. We'd all be happier if we didn't Back have to, to work. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I would say like um, the way that I check in with myself to see if I'm overwhelmed is, yeah, I don't. I fucking don't. Uh, and, and that's why we, I get overwhelmed. We have is, a conversation and I'm like, Zane, I feel like you might be overwhelmed. And he's like, oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's something that you almost kind of only see in hindsight. You kind it of, you, you have to be like, oh, I did too much. That's why I felt all the things that I felt you mm-hmm. know and i think that you know it being able it's yeah it's it's kind of shitty it's a thing in hindsight but i think like a little bit of preparation and just going like okay i'm taking on another thing is that going to add more stress is that going to add more things that i'm going to be stressed about or is that going to add more happiness and i definitely agree with you jasmine about the like the things that overwhelm me are also ironically the things that i want to do and that's a bummer because i want to do this show every single weekend but if i'm doing this show every single weekend then i have to book it every single weekend mm-hmm. i have to find guess i have to find topics and then i get overwhelmed like i am in this sentence uh, <laughs> like what are, you, what are you supposed to do when the things that bring you joy are also the things that equally overwhelm you yeah yeah like how do you decide between the two yeah yeah, yeah. and I, and all of you have seen me overwhelmed no never way. never no okay never mind no nope. it's fine i've never been overwhelmed uh it's it's fine no i i you all have seen me overwhelmed um what do you think uh, how do you think it shows up for me? Just so like I can see it maybe from like an outside perspective. I mean, the first thing I see is just like a shutdown. Shutdown. That's yeah. right. Damn straight. Yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> this isn't going well and I don't want to feel it. So what if I just <laughs> stop this conversation from happening and change the subject and make a joke and move along swiftly? Wow, you um, nailed it. I don't like this. Uh, uh, that was a bad idea. It's like, and why I did, did it you to even myself. ask me? No, it was uh, I did it to myself. <laughs> And I and. feel like in the last few weeks, we've also been doing a lot of stuff where you get overwhelmed and then I ask you some curious questions and then you're able to like resettle in the overwhelm and be like, yes, okay, that is what's happening. And then you like move through it instead yeah. of like staying in it and then just being like, I have to go smoke and leave. Yeah, but, but definitely. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very true. Now I'm a big smoker. Uh- <laughs> but being able to like sit in the moment and like move through it and then ultimately be able to like not get unoverwhelmed, but still get where you need to go. Yeah, no, I and I I think the the asking the the curious questions because it's like that's the that's the thing that I don't often have. Sometimes when I get overwhelmed, people are just like, "This is overwhelming me. I don't want to feel your emotions. I'm going to disconnect." So it's mm-hmm. like it's just two people disconnected, and one person being like, "I it, it, the thing that would help me reconnect is just a little bit of curiosity here." 
Uh, Taylor, what do you see when I'm overwhelmed? Well, uh, we're gonna make this all about Zane now. Yeah, yeah. the, the Zane show. Cool. Yeah, this is a Zane podcast. Uh, well, I, I did want to add that uh, you and I are both bipolar as fuck. So uh, there are times when we're both like on our highs at the same time, and we like overwhelm other people. We're like, annoying. <laughs> we we we've definitely <laughs> just like riffed for like an hour and a half straight, and it becomes thirteen inside jokes. And the person sitting next to us is like, "What the fuck are you guys talking about?" <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's just normal friendship for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then when we're not both on on a, a manic streak or when one of us is in a, like a, a severe depressive streak and the other one's not there, I think we've gotten a lot better at recognizing it. But for you specifically, like um, uh, you kind of like like Jasmine said, you shut down into like emergency mode. Like I think of it as like little people in your brain and it's like the only people that are left in there are like the the like the head of of, of the of the crew where it's just like I just need to just operate. I just need a tunnel vision on to like you know eat, sleep, drink water and sometimes even I that. don't do those. I don't do those. Those, <laughs> you, are, those yeah, get eat. totally kicked out. Those are the first ones that go. That's usually why I get overwhelmed. I was gonna say like pump blood. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's probably air. better. Yeah, I mean, those, that's yeah. a pretty good place to start. Pump yeah. blood, breathe air. And then you, you want... eat a muffin. <laughs> and then eat a muffin. Honey bun, honey bun. <laughs> <laughs> Part of a balanced breakfast. <laughs> we hang out with Zane too much. <laughs> no, not too much, but enough to know your comfort treats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true, it's true. <laughs> you want to know how I know what you're Yeah, how do you know? <laughs> you hate this section I now hate, that you yeah, started. Now that I started, I'm, I'm like, a bad I'm in too deep. They don't ask me, I'm going to be pissed. No. I feel like I can tell when you're overwhelmed because I get overwhelmed really easily. welcome (laughs) no but also i think something is like i think uh you start like trying to tackle this is probably before the shutdown trying to tackle too many things at once so it's like we're talking about something and then it's like this and then i'm like i don't know Uh, and then you're like i don't know and i'm like yeah it's just like trying to consider too many things at once and like losing like the linear part of it i think and i'm the same way when i get overwhelmed as well yeah (laughs) <laughs> do you guys want to talk about me at all? Yeah, let's talk about Zoe. Let's talk about Zoe. So uh, I've, I've I've seen you. I've seen you. You overwhelmed. No, uh, no, no, no. Nobody here gets overwhelmed. It's totally fine. <laughs> Blame it on my mom. We're about to interview your mom and yeah. be like, what does Zoe look like? Give her a microphone. Just, yeah. just get her frustrated. We look the same. Yeah. Okay. Well, how do you, if you said it's, it's, it's similar, like in what ways do you see, see uh, it show up? Well, I, cause I think I've. I think we both have ADHD pretty bad. And I think that's something, I mean, that's the way I've connected it, but we do like, we'll get overwhelmed. And then this happens. Like you get tunnel vision on the thing that you're overwhelmed by. And then you over-focus on it and you're like, I have to figure it out. And it's like, you're not going to figure it out in that mindset. Like it's literally the word, but, but so basically, yeah, getting tunnel vision on the thing that we're overwhelmed by and then putting our energy into it to the point where we want to like cry instead of just being like, I need to step back and have some patience and like take a deep breath. Yeah. So I think, yeah, the tunnel vision aspect and then just yeah. losing it a little bit in the tunnel vision. <laughs> what about you, Taylor? How, how do I see Zoe get overwhelmed? Is she mad no, how, how do you? <laughs> I saw her face. very offended. Uh, <laughs> She's a great mom. But I mean, like like for you, like I mean, like when you get overwhelmed, like what are the ways that like, I guess, like maybe other people might view it? Um, I tend to get really quiet. Uh, quiet, And yeah. uh, I think that can come from like, like all of us said, the the hyper focusing on the thing that is overwhelming you, and I get like really desperate to solve it. You know, if I feel like I'm not doing good at something, then I just like sit there and try to figure out all the ways that I could be doing better, and uh, that in itself can be very overwhelming because I'm just absorbing way too much information at a time where I'm already not my best self, and yeah. it's 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 very debilitating to it. Yeah. It's, it's well, I, I like that you said that you get quiet because I feel like that's like the thing that I often do, but it's also the least helpful thing for people yep. trying to comfort you. They're, you're just like, I'm quiet. And they're just like, what would help? And I'm like, 
What should just, I do? And it was like, nothing. Don't worry about you, it. I got this. Stop yeah, yeah. looking at me and stop talking to me. That would yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about you, Jasmine? How do you how do you feel like overwhelmed? I've never seen you overwhelmed. You're just always bubbly. Well, yeah, that's so. exactly what I was gonna say. I was like, I think that, but I try very hard to make it a, a big secret. Yeah, and good would job. never ever tell anybody that oh. it was happening. Okay, uh, I put up very good like compartmentalizing just wall like I don't, yeah no. so how, how did um, it used being, to being overwhelmed is like really vulnerable for me like I don't, okay. I don't want anybody to know that i feel like that i want to be like on my shit and capable of everything um so if, if i am t- explaining to you that i am overwhelmed it probably means that i like super trust you that that i'm feeling that way um i yeah i mean like i tell my partner and like my best friend and that's kind of it um, and this room full of people. <laughs> but this is fake. I'm not overwhelmed right now. That's oh, okay. <laughs> All right, never mind. Nothing so is they're real. Safe. They're yeah. safe. This is fine today. <laughs> when uh, I, I did want to say that, like you definitely have kind of an air of like stoicism. With, Perfect. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> I'm def- so glad what I'm trying to come across. You fooled me for sure. Working. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, like, are the more stoic you are, does that mean the more overwhelmed you are? Oh shit! I'm trying to figure. It, it depends. It depends <laughs> on the day, but no. I mean, I feel like um, I just uh, I feel powerful when I feel neutral or when I yeah. come across as neutral. Yeah. I I don't like feeling super op- um, big feelings that are like really big and open, yeah. nor like really heavy. I, I just would like everyone to have no idea what I'm thinking or feeling at any time, unless I'm overtly telling you, which I've been told is. Sometimes not great. Uh, how so? Oh, like it people not understanding how I feel about them. Yeah. Yeah. People being intimidated, that kind of stuff. Um, sure. Sometimes I like, and sometimes I'm like, ooh, that's not exactly <laughs> what I was trying to go for. Close to it, but not, but not quite. Yeah. When, Mostly when, men. If I'm intimidating to men and they don't know what I think about them, I actually think that's fucking fuck it. dope. Cool. And yeah. I'm into it. I was, I, was, I was just gonna ask, like, when, when do you want to be intimidating? And then before I, you're like, men. Men. Yeah. <laughs> All right, awesome. Well, we're gonna take one more quick commercial break, and we will be right back with the smoke break. Springtime is almost here, and like the flowers, we hope you bloom where you decide to plant yourself. Do you have a small business, or have you been thinking about starting one? We are here to help you establish roots that lead to blossoms of success and all other dad jokes and bad metaphors. Reach out for a free 30-minute consultation to discuss your business legal needs or branch out and attend one of our upcoming The More You Glow seminars. These are community-oriented learning events that focus on all sorts of small business and nonprofit topics. Tickets are sliding scale, $5 to $20, and you can visit our website, rationalunicorn.com, for more information. That's rationalunicorn.com. Through all the seasons, we do community business law for everyone in the community. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm Stephanie Strange. Ooh, that's a little extra, a little too much reverb. Um, And I'm so happy to be here on the smoke break. Thank you so much for having me. I sing a lot about mental frailty and fragility, and I'm so happy to share some of these songs with you. My head is gonna pop From all this din She said we spin on the spin on the spin on the spin on the spin It just doesn't stop This idiot committee holding court in my gray matter What does it matter? I spilled my cup 
Now I get no refills I'm looking up a hill With a pocket full of beans I was told they were clean Grade A Beanstalk Quality Spoken will not go unsung I think I'm losing my mind My eyes, they're gonna shoot Right out of their sockets are gonna curl up into my skull to take a little nap my lungs they're gonna quit my heart is gonna take a shit my brain is on vacation Spin on the spin on the spin on the Oh she said we spin on the spin on the spin on the spin on the Oh she said we spin on the spin on the spin on the spin on the spin Thank you It's, it's falling down. That's okay. There we go. I got it. Yeah. Thanks, Phil. Keeping that mic tight. All right. Well, I, I mean, I have a couple songs prepared, but somebody just yank me with a cane when um, this, this portion of the time is up because I don't have my watch on and I have no internal clock. Oh. Well, that's great. Look at that. Um, this song is called Agent Strange, and it goes with a comic book that I wrote and that Jay Reynolds illustrated. And um, it's about, it's about uh, delusions, and it's about using your delusions to help navigate the world. It was discovered that the species human was developing consciousness. We sent a team to the surface of Earth to live amongst them and report back. 
Today we hear the transmission of an agent calling herself strange. I look around me and I think these people, they're crazy. Though I was sent as an impartial observer, I forget who I am. And I feel such regret to present my case. I'd like to welcome to the stage Next species on the brink of extinction Me, oh my, they're dropping like flies now And they fall like dominoes Doesn't it feel like the world is ending? Tick tock. If you feel like you're doomed, that's because you are. I'm just saying, I hate to report on the state of these self forsaken creatures. They threw it away. They threw it away and then they cried, they cried, oh, they threw it away, oh, they threw it away and then they cried, they cried, oh, they threw it away, oh, oh, they threw it away and then they cried, they let one percent play. And they sold their lives as if time was a game. They threw it away. Oh, oh, they threw it away and then they cried. They cried. Oh, they threw it away. Oh, they threw it away and then they cried. They threw it away. They threw it away. Oh, oh, they threw it away. They threw it away. Oh, oh, they threw it away. They threw it away. Oh, oh, they threw it away. They threw it away. They threw it away. Oh, oh, they threw it away and then they cried. They cried. Oh, we threw it away. Oh, we threw it away and then we cried. It has been decided that the species human will go untampered with. We are curious to see what unfolds.
As for Agent Strange, her time on Earth has been temporarily extended. Despite the Council's concerns about her general state. Now can I come home? When can I come home? Thank you. Do I have time for one more? Is that it? I can, I can be, I, uh, let's talk. Let's talk. Make some noise for Stephanie Strange. After one commercial break. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's late. It's Anna. And we have a show for you called The Outhouse that happens every Sunday, 7 to 8 Pacific Standard Time on Shady Vines Radio. It sure does. We got a lot of country music. We got a lot of shit talk. Lots of shit talk. So come on down. Treat it like it's your church. Every Sunday, we're here for you. Amen. See y'all there. And we are back with the smoke break. Make some noise one more time for Stephanie Strange. Make some noise for... Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, something that you want to talk to us a little bit about was uh, just kind of like your journey with like um, with art and mental health. Yeah. yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, when I first started playing music, um, I, I loved it and it was therapeutic for me. But um, after I quit drinking, I found myself in a totally new place and all of my former inspiration had dried up the highs that I had experienced and the lows had shortened a little bit. Um, and I was in a really dark place in sobriety. And I think that's something that people don't talk about is how hard it is. There's this sort of idea that like it gets things get easier. Of course, when you when you're an addict and things are really difficult, you get sober and things are great. And you're in this puff, fluffy pink cloud. And I was not. Everything hurt. Everything. People smiling at me people interacting with me, looking at me, it hurt. And I was angry and I was so isolated from people. And I was having trouble connecting and pulling myself out of that. And um, a little feral black cat came into my life. And that was sort of the first connection I'd had with another living creature. And with her came stories. Her name came to me, Nina Nightmare. And then my name came to me, Stephanie Strange. And then the band name, Strange and the Familiars. And then these stories started, there's no other word but blooming. Um, and they mirrored my own story with magical realism. It was my own story, but with a magical twist. And I suddenly started to see laid out before me um, a map of a way out of where I was. And so it's very important to me, art as a roadmap to... Um, retell your own story, those voices that Jasmine was telling about. Sometimes our brains aren't nice to us and we can use art to help our voices be a little nicer, to kind of corral those voices. Um, and sometimes we even might lie to ourselves and use um, use this artifice and this delusion to help guide us to a place we want to be in. So that's art means the world to me because it's my personal roadmap out of darkness, not to say that I'm 
I don't out of it. Yeah, 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 there's yeah. no such thing really as out of it. But certainly I got a lay of the land. Yeah, yeah, you, you're navigating towards closer to the light. You yeah, know? like maybe you might not be out of it, but you might be, you might be closer to the light that you're looking for. Closer to the light, and um, able to now reach out a hand and help other people around me more than I was before. And I, I, I like that you mentioned the the difficulty of sobriety instead of just like then I got sober and everything was great. You know, like there's that there's that whole part of your brain and your psyche that's used to these things, and like you know, cutting them out is is a difficult process in itself and like, you know, worth, worth a, a huge congratulations, but there's the, the less talked about part of like, now what do you do? Exactly. And we don't really, we're not comfortable with talking about substances as medication. People medicate yeah. themselves with substances. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's, that's an apart, important part of our work is just understanding that like for some people, this is what helps you get through the day. You know, like if you need, if you need to use then like that is something that is helping you survive. Like something that Jasmine had said before was just like, you know, uh, like self-harm is, is, you know, harm reduction. You know, because dead people don't get to make better decisions. So exactly. it's like if it's it might be this thing that other people view as like harmful to you. But if it's the thing that's helping you continue on, I think that, you know, it's important to understand its place in your life. And there's a reason there's a reason people use. Yeah. It's not just lazy or rotten. Yeah. No, there's there's a there's a lot of like just negative stereotypes that I guess just kind of like come with it and, and just a lack of understanding. Yeah, I'd say a very, very, very small percentage of people use and or get addicted to things because they're just bored. You know, like it's usually uh-huh. a, a, a feeling of coping or, or, you know, like medicating or just like the like allowing them to function at a normal level, like uh, especially with socializing. It, if you're if you struggle with socializing, using something often has enhanced people's ability to do that. And then when you cut that out, they're like, how the fuck do I, so how do I talk to anybody? How am I okay with any conversation, let alone personal growth? You know, if, if, if I'm cutting this thing out of my life that I, that was allowing me on like to, uh, to my standard to like operate, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not surprising that people need substances to cope. And when we live in a world that like makes everything way harder than it needs to be for a lot of people. Yeah. So. No, definitely. Definitely. I think like a lot of the systems, you know, we're like kind of set up to to fail. And, uh-huh. you know, I think like recognizing how those things are affecting us, you know, allows us to have more compassion for ourselves when we are in those states of where we're just like, hey, like I'm dealing with a lot of shit. Like the the world is getting hotter. I don't have money. Like uh-huh. if if I'm using this to get through today, then this is what I needed to get through today. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. So um, how has art helped you communicate some of the more difficult things? Um, In every way. I am not a big fan of um, vulnerability. I am vulnerable. I'm very vulnerable on stage. But um, art creates a nice buffer between where I can talk about things without constantly ripping my chest open in ways that I might get hurt. I think it protects me from being hurt um, because... Um, I was talking a little bit with your mom earlier about not taking yourself too seriously. And my art centers around this black cat and these three black cats and myself as this character who has these powers. And that helps me to lighten it a little bit while I'm talking about these desperately dark things. The comic book that I brought, it talks about me hitting my rock bottom and uh, almost just 
This She's one giving right up. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. Um, illustrated by Jay Reynolds. He did. It's beautiful. It's an amazing thing to see all of that on page paper and to. Yeah. yeah I'm, that's I'm really cool. jealous because I always wanted to do something like this where it's like release an album and then be like, yo, I got a comic book with it. Uh, yeah, I'm so super badass. excited to like check <laughs> this out. But yeah, that's I mean, and it sounds like you're doing art in a lot of different aspects. So it's like, do you feel like the different arts that you do kind of help you uh, communicate what you want to communicate in different ways? Yeah, music is me assuming my character on stage and moving energy and exchanging energy with the audience. Um, and but at the heart of everything is storytelling. And to be able to tell story stories, I think, is to to be able to tell stories and control it in a way um, is to find some sense of control in a world where you don't really have much. Um, and so, yeah, storytelling and also collaboration is a totally different thing, too, of taking myself out of the forefront of this is me here with my guitar and this is something that I made with other people and this is a, a sense of community. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely like what you said about like the collaboration effort, because mm -hmm. it's like you can do you can do everything by yourself. But would you want to, you know, like, not going to be very good, not going to be as good. It's not going to be as good. And it could be, be a lot better if you if you just trust that like other people may have skills, may have input, may have all these things that like could help you create the best product instead of just the product that I imagined the first time I thought of it. Well, and yeah. the, the 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 team building behind that, too, I feel like would definitely help with like the socializing aspect of it too, like you reaching out to somebody to illustrate that, you know, it's like, okay, well, I don't necessarily need to use to build this social connection because it's about something that I am very passionate about, you know, and that's, that's, that's brilliant. Just having a, a comic book based off of like, I'm not even trying to describe it. Is it based off of the music? Is the music based off of the comic book? Or is, is you have a story that, that they're yeah, both how based do, how off do, of? How the two tie together? Uh, well, the music started first and um, little bits and pieces came in, but the album came first and I was writing short stories with it. And then these short stories sort of started lending themselves to it was actually when I, I reached out to Jay to um, illustrate a short story called Ghost Bugs. Really cute story about how my cat's chasing a bug around the room. And I wonder if it's a bug or a ghost. And she turns to me and says both. It's the ghost of a bug I killed yesterday. <laughs> That's like adorable. That. It's adorable. That is the cutest shit I've ever it's heard. It's so cute. <laughs> oh, and my God. Like right in the macabre, cute, whimsy world yeah. that yeah. I love to be in. And um, But he couldn't do like we were doing it for a year and he was so frustrated. And he was like, I just made it into a comic book. And he slapped it down on the table. And I was like, whoa, yeah. comic book. OK, this is what I wanted. This is the storytelling part that I wanted to get. And so we proceeded with. This one, a much bigger story about kind of the origin stories of how the three black cats came into the world, what they're here to do and how Stephanie became strange. Yeah. I like it because it's playful, too. Like it's, a, yes. it's about your mental health journey, but you made it like fun, kind of whimsical. And I yeah. feel like that like is part of what we do. Like we try to incorporate humor into like talking about really tough subjects. So I think and that's like, like a part of my core values, I think. Yes. Too. Play. Yeah. Play is so important. It's, yeah. so, it's so much easier to learn and to grow if you're kind of if you can hold it loosely and lightly and you can play with it and not take yourself seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like that a lot. What about you, Zoe? So you're an artist. Uh, like, how does how does like you know trying to find a way, a place for that art, and um, maybe like some of your mental health struggles? Well, I think that I was actually thinking about this earlier. Like before, I really like got into comedy. I feel like I really was like lost for a lot of my life. Like I needed something, and it took me a longer to figure out what it was. I and mean, I'm sure it'll turn into more things. Like now we have a podcast, you know. But I think yeah, I think it's just like um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's like the journey 
to get there. Yeah, I don't know. I totally just forgot what I was talking about. You're fine. You're fine. You I ADHD'd radiation. out on the light as I was talking about it. <laughs> I, I saw it happen. I felt I know, I was your like, soul what? leave your body yeah. for a I second. I think it was a ghost, actually. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was like, I is it a ghost a or a bug? <laughs> it was a ghost of a thought that you lost. You. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, I remembered. <laughs> yeah. I think finding something. Yeah, like, it, I just think, like, it didn't feel just the process of having something that you feel passionate about, regardless of, like, what it is that you're actually creating. I just think like that in itself was like a core part of me being on a, like a, just a better path with my mental health. Like I think it didn't really, like it was always something missing, I yeah. think. And I think having a creative outlet and I think art can be like anything really, right? Like we all make stuff, we all create yeah. things. I think just like finding something that you feel like you're constantly working on, you're improving on, it feels exciting. Yeah. I just feel like until I really found that I yeah. did, I felt a little bit lost. So I think finding something you're passionate about yeah. Creating, I think, is a huge part of getting through our mental health struggles for most people, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, Taylor, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was going to ask a question, but I, I, I would like you to elaborate on yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, like, I was going to say, like, just kind of like the feeling of being lost. Like, I was feeling overwhelmed. So, therefore, I was just like, I need to get rid of all the things that are overwhelming me. So, therefore, I was like, I'm going to get rid of music. I'm going to get rid of comedy. I'm going to get rid of the podcast, burn it all to the ground. Uh, and it was, it was realizing that like, once I had like, you know, kind of made that decision that it was like, I felt lost. I was like, what do, what do I do now? Like when I, when I think of something funny, when I think of something clever, or, you know, I come up with a rhyme or whatever, what do, what do I do with that? It needs to have like a, it needs to have a place. It needs to have an outlet, but it needs to be there in a healthy capacity, you know? And I think that like, as artists, we, we try to fit everything into all of these ar areas and, and maybe not all of it goes there, but some of it does. And some of it connects with people in ways that like are really unexpected and helps them feel not alone. Like yeah. they're not struggling. Mental illness is such a feeling of being alone mm -hmm. and yeah. the only one and the worst one. Mm -hmm. yeah. And by expressing your art and sharing with other people, that's an opportunity for other people to be like, Oh, I'm not the only person. It's this magnified thing mm -hmm. loses a little bit of its power. And, yeah. and, and the, uh, the roots spread, you know, that, that can, if, if you, if you reach, you know, 20 people with your art, then there's a chance that one of them is like, I want to do some shit like that. Yes. And, now, and now they're making art that's going to, you know, reach 20 other people. And the, that just spreads and spreads. And it's the weirdest pyramid scheme ever. <laughs> it, it is. It is. <laughs> Probably the best one, too. And that's the best thing that someone can say to me when they're just like, oh, I see you did this thing. It makes me want to do this thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, I, go ahead, Taylor. Oh, the, the question that I wanted to ask was like, um, and it's for everybody. Sure. Uh, do you guys find yourself writing about your experiences or just writing and then you're able to incorporate your experiences into that writing? Oh, I definitely write about my experiences. Yeah. Like yeah. intentionally. Like Same. I like I have a feeling and like I need to write this down. Oh, um, no, I think. But I do think like with comedy, a lot of the time, like it comes from a place of frustration and then it like slowly turns like making something funny is sort of how it gets less frustrating. Cause you're just like, this is so fucking stupid. How do I yeah. deal with it? I'll just make fun of it. Cause it's stupid. And then it becomes funny <laughs> or it's just like something medium. frustrating, you know, like go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say comedy is like a very unique medium. Too. Yeah, it's, a it, it's a totally different world when it comes to writing and performing. Yeah. 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 But I used to write poetry when I was younger and I definitely wrote some real like yeah. dorky, gushy, like yeah. about my feeling stuff. Yeah. You're actually gonna Zoe's gonna be performing that poem oh, later, yeah. so thank you guys for sticking around. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, Zoe's shit. mom brought it. So <laughs> coming across like a real mama's girl today. 
If my mom was here, it would be just as it'd be the same. I don't get thing. to see her enough. I'm excited. Oh, <laughs> I wish Barb was here. I miss Barb. Yeah. Fucking. Uh, One day. I, I think it's interesting that you guys said that because I find myself doing the exact opposite, like unintentionally. Like I, I've, I'm working on a, a like a, a short story, film, screenplay, whatever the fuck right now, and like I in writing that, I ended up writing like the main character is dealing with a lot of like self-acceptance perseverance dealing with uh, rejection from family etc cetera, etc cetera. and i ended up oh like very accidentally writing in very similar experiences to what i'm having just because i like saw avenues for it and i was like wait i know exactly how this feels and it turned from a story that, that i just kind of thought of to like a little bit of self-insertion every once in a while just where where i saw avenues for it so i like i, I think i think it's interesting that that there's a lot of different ways to, to incorporate your experiences yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, I like as somebody who does music, somebody who does comedy and, and things like that, it's like, you know, just just there's certain experiences that like I don't want to laugh about and certain experiences I don't want to make rhyme. You know what I mean? And like just being able to figure out which one is which is like it can be a very difficult thing. Um, so it's yeah. Trying to navigate that is 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 definitely a, a tricky thing. Um, go ahead. Well, and also what is like that we do commodify our art and what we share. And um, I get real sensitive and titchy about what I'm going to share because um, I don't want to relate it to like, oh, here's a big share and come to my show. You can Venmo me at like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it feels weird, but it, that's the world we live in, unfortunately. Yeah, but there is some navigation there, I feel yeah. like. Off, off of what Zane said, do you feel like there's certain things that you don't want to put into music so you put into your storytelling and there's certain things that you don't want to put into your storytelling so you put into your music or and I, I know yours all kind of blends together in its own like little world but it, like I would, i'm just curious um yeah actually um i don't write about my health my physical health challenges in my music but i do write about it in stories it's a lot easier for me to do that i haven't found any sort of natural place where um physical health issues can fall comfortably into a song that yeah. makes sense. You're making me think I need to do different types of art. <laughs> Zoe actually does different types of arts. No. Don't let it. Yeah, I saw Zoe has some amazing paintings. Uh, yeah, that's see. Yeah, look at all that confidence. <laughs> Should we talk oozing. about imposter syndrome? <laughs> <laughs> got no. three minutes. Let's talk I about imposter no, syndrome. I haven't painted in a long time, but I'm decent at it. But it's because my yeah. family. I feel like my I have like a natural good like decent amount like an amount of artistic talent, but I never really honed it. But, yeah. Uh, other people in my family are really good artists. Yeah, but I feel like, like they say, like a picture's worth a thousand words. There's, there's stories that you can tell in a single picture that like would take you a thousand fucking words to try to describe, you know? Yeah. Okay, I'll start painting again. Yeah, all right, good. we did it. Good. We did it, folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, working with visual artists has been huge, hugely empowering to be able to bring that medium into it. And like you were saying too, um, to be able to collaborate around art and build friendships yeah. around art is so important as a, someone with social anxiety and i it's nice to have uh, like a seed there between us that we can oh here we go here's the thing that we can center around and usually the friendship flourishes around it that skips a lot of small talk too because you're just like here's the thing we like let's do the thing yeah i don't Doesn't like i don't do the small talk i can bullshit <laughs> and i can big talk and then small talk in between i'm just i don't yeah. want to do it i don't care about the weather we all see what's happening with the weather <laughs> fair enough fair enough if one more person tells me that i'm wearing a sweater right now <laughs> i know it's hot i'm really warm <laughs> yes i'm wearing all black and i'm half black Yes, this is very <laughs> difficult for me. <laughs> All right, Double, we're going to take one more quick, quick commercial break, and we're going to be right back with our comedian, Ben Harkins. So thank you so much. We Are we are we all out of commercials? Philip gave me a look like we're all out of commercials. Can somebody go grab Ben? 
Is he right there? There he is. Ben. Welcome to the stage right now. Very hilarious. Ben Harkins. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Give it up for everyone. <laughs> give it up for everyone. Come on. Keep it going. Gotta give it up. Here comes the tonal shift, motherfuckers. It's real out of nowhere. It's gonna be real fucking... I'm funny, man. Give it up for me doing this. Don't stop. We're clapping this whole time until until I feel like I can do this. Yeah, this is gonna... It's a great tonal shift. Here we are. Here we are, and I'm, I'm, I'm your... I'm, hey, what's up? How are we? How's everyone doing? We're gonna go around to everyone. How's everyone... Feeling. I'm, I'm good. Okay, I'll hold it down here. Give it up. Thank you. Give it up for that shit. You know all these technical problems. I'm good. I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. I, uh, I, uh, I broke twenty-one thousand dollars worth of art glass at my job the other day, and uh, someone hacked my bank account, and they spent all of my money, and uh, do you guys want to know what they spent, like, all of my money on? Okay, it was online. I could see what was happening. So it started at one, with one night at the Econo Lodge, and that was it. That was all it took. It was just the one charge to clean me out, because I live on the edge. I get money and I spend it. I live on the, I don't care about, I'm not afraid of poverty. I'm not afraid of hard times. I've been here before. I, I can get through it. I've been practicing peanut butter sandwich week. And that is a holiday that I celebrate at least once a month. That's, that's where you buy a jar of peanut butter and a loaf of bread and then you don't have to worry about buying other shit for a whole week. It really helps you see through the bullshit in life, all the, the rat race, the late, the late stage capitalism. I don't need, my friend came up to me, he was like, hey Ben, the Barbie and Oppenheimer came out in the theater, which one do you think is gonna be better? And I was just like, I'm not thinking about that at all. I don't need entertainment, I don't need any of this stuff. All I need in this world is one butter knife just a drawer filled with old Taco Bell hot sauces. That's how, you, that's how you keep it interesting when you're poor. You just, I make these sandwiches in the dark just to surprise myself. Just be like, oh, I wonder if this one's going to be the Diablo. <laughs> I'm an expert when it comes to having fun and saving money, keeping it fun on a budget. Here's a fun game to play. Uh, you can drink a glass of water in the dark don't turn the lights on. And here's another cool tip for having fun, <laughs> saving money. Uh, you can uh, try to figure out where the answer coming from. <laughs> you don't get to the bottom of that one. That's, that's a, it's not about getting results when it comes to having fun on a budget. It's just about getting through. With my aunt thing, uh, you guys know, like, your, your local cafes, how they have those packets of sugar for coffees? 
Okay, here's the thing. I need everybody to be on board with everything that I say or or I'm going to die. That's that's how this works. So cafes, you know those packets of sugar. Yeah. That's good. That's good. The um so those packets of sugar, you don't have to pay for those. That's a social contract. Those are free. So when you go to your local cafe, once you've got the packets of sugar in your hand, it doesn't matter if they ask you to leave. You already got what you came for, and they can't apprehend you. So then you take those packets of sugar, you put them in a dish, place that dish in the least popular corner of your apartment, and then that corner belongs to the ants now. And that way you get the whole rest of the place to yourself. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good up here. This is great. Yeah. Aliens are real. They only come to America. Let's go. Give it up. They only crash in America. We got 40 of them in a warehouse somewhere. They're reverse engineering it. They only abduct... Hicks. <laughs> they only abduct lonely people with no support system. And the stories are real. It's all true. <laughs> they, they, we we got to fix the fucking money thing, dude. <laughs> I don't care about I don't care about the aliens. I think we got to fix the money thing. I think the money thing, it's just like the like I I was so tired and so I was like, "Dude, can you believe that aliens are real?" It's like yeah, duh. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Sure, of course they're real. But I got all this. I got other shit going on. So nobody cares. Nobody cares that aliens are real. Also, you know, uh, whatever. This isn't working. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Joe Biden looks healthy as a horse. He does. He does. I'm not. That's not a joke. I think that uh, when they inject Adderall into his eye, he gives a really good speech. I, whatever they're giving him, that guy's 80 and he can keep it. To, I want what he has. I want. I think they need to help him find the door after the speech is over because he always just kind of saunters around the podium going the wrong way, shaking hands with invisible enemies because he's so old. And no one wants to stop him because he's in charge. And just like get him on a get him on a po just put him on a stage and just like lower him. Get him out of there. <laughs> I'm tired of watching this guy try to walk into traffic. It's weird. It's weird. We're so divided as a nation. God, that nation. It's so divided. Come on, people. This is America. Come on. We gotta start agreeing with each other on everything. Come on, people. We gotta start agreeing with each other on everything. Come on. It's so defi That shit with the green M&M tore us apart. <laughs> As a country. They changed her. They changed her so she's like not a slut anymore. It sucks. <laughs> and then Tucker Carlson was like, what does this say about us? As a society? And then they brought her back where she's a slut again, but now she's gay. <laughs> and then Tucker Carlson was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then uh, the Eminem company was like, hey, guys, come on, come on. We didn't think this was going to be a big deal. All right, we're not. We're just going to take her away. No more green Eminem. Cowards. <laughs> they would rather see her erased 
than see her be a slutty gay woman of color. <laughs> that color being green. <laughs> but also her arms and legs are kind of white, but also she's chocolate. So I, what do you guys think? <laughs> What's the verdict? What's the verdict on this? I don't know. I've, uh, I'm, I'm, I deleted all the dating apps on my phone. Give it up for me, da deleting. <laughs> They don't work. They don't work. It didn't take me long to realize uh, I'm what a lot of women would call a side piece. <laughs> like, I'm not the main dish at the restaurant. I'm more of the bathroom window of whatever you're trying to run away from in life. <laughs> Are there any cheaters here? Is anyone cheating? Give it up. Give it up if you're cheating. Are there any liars here? Give it up if you're lying about that. Is anyone lying? That's one, one honest person here. I saw a hand get raised. The, um, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I've never cheated on anyone, but I've helped enough people cheat that it's like, all right, I'm responsible here. This is, this is uh, I don't know. I, I just, I've, I've dated a lot of toxic women. I've been hurt a lot. I don't think I owe the world anything. <laughs> anyway, uh, I used to date a witch, and uh, she used to wake me up doing witch stuff at 3 in the morning. That's the witching hour, and that's a true thing that you learn after you sign the lease. <laughs> she would come into the bedroom and be like, hey, wake up. Wake up, don't come into the living room. And be like, you don't have to wake me up. I wasn't going to. She was doing a seance. She was contacting ghosts. And it got me thinking, like, wow, like, what if that is the afterlife? You just haunt a rental. And you just watch people pay more for the same stuff that you had in life. In ghost movies, it's always someone who like owned the house is like haunting it but like none of my friends own houses so like what happens <laughs> what happens to us when it's all over what do you guys think happens after you die let's go around the room one at a time who's who's got a good theory nothing all right i hear that a little bit just lights out that's comfortable for me that's basically me on the weekends, just like, eh, fuck it, don't do anything. It's nice. <sighs> That's a little morbid, though, huh? Thinking about death on, a, on a, such a nice, sunny day, four o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. It's morbid, morbid. I'm sorry I brought that up. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. A lot of mass shootings, huh? I've had a lot of mass shootings lately. They're happening all over the place. The other day, I was in a Walmart, and I was looking at socks, and this guy came in. He had an AR-15 strapped to his chest, and then he just also started shopping for socks, too. And uh, his gun was pointing at my knee, and I was just like, hey, man, like, why did you bring that? And he was like, I'm gonna protect myself. I'm gonna protect the people around me. And you know, that, that's more or less the same reason that I brought my uh, like crystal. <laughs> so maybe there's still some common ground here. 
in this divided nation. Things are so divided. Oh my God. Everything's so fucked up all the time. There's a. Uh, do you guys know, like on MLK, there's like a Walgreens and they, they play classical music. And I was like, why do they always play classical music at Walgreens? It was like Mr. Walgreen, like a big fan of the orchestra. And uh, the reason that they play classical music all the time is so they can just turn it up to uh, like drive homeless people insane if they try to camp near there. And I just want to ask Beethoven, like, hey, what would you think of your music being used as like hostile architecture <laughs> in the future? And uh, he would probably, I think he'd probably say, um, huh? <laughs> like, like, what? Because he was deaf. <laughs> he was deaf. That's an old, old deaf joke. All right. Uh, you guys ready to get this, uh, get this discussion going? Give it up. Give it up for everyone. Yeah, all right. Here you out. You want to sit at the end? Make some noise one more time for Ben Harkins. Might have to power that on. Are we... Here we go. There it is. Sounds One more good. time for Ben Harkins. Yeah, Give it up for up. Thank you all Give so much. Uh, so yeah, something you wanted to talk about was uh, not liking talking about mental health, which was an <laughs> awkward thing to bring up right before this podcast. But boy, is it common. Well, but the thing is, this is uh, this is recorded. Like this is just going to be a time capsule of whatever kind of fucked up <laughs> yeah. thing happened. Whatever I thought about my <laughs> mental health then. Yeah. Because I, when I look back. I did, I did a podcast about mental health in like 2019. Oh, really? And uh, at the time, I was treating my depression with magic, literally magic. <laughs> okay. So it's sort of an embarrassing thing to just have yeah. exist where you're talking about <laughs> it for an hour. Yeah. And the woman who like hosted it was sort of like a naturopath, like really into like cards and crystals yeah. and like, you know, stuff that you know is supposed to predict the future to like feel good and like vibe and like tea <laughs> and you wanted that and, time I, and she at, she was like isn't laughter just a great medicine i was like yeah i know because like the other day i wanted to kill myself so i started doing this <laughs> spell with, uh, yeah i drew a, i drew a demonic sigil on a piece of paper and i jacked <laughs> off on it and i was like now i feel great and just like that's just there and now this one has me talking about that one. <laughs> and it just is one of those things where you're never really like done. <laughs> and so like it sucks. It just sucks because you got to come up here and talk about how you suck. But it's, it's just like, yeah, dude, like, like I don't think any of my mental health issues are like that unique or interesting. It's just like the way you, you cope with them sounds. Unique. Yeah. I've tried a few different things <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to get to like where I'm at. Now it's mostly just like yoga and like mushrooms every few weeks. And that's, yeah. that's pretty good. Making You'll look mushroom. back at this and be like in cringe and be I'll like, just be like uh, yeah, that, thought, yoga. Yeah, yeah. The spells didn't work. Uh, no, they did not. <laughs> yeah. Turns out, um, Magic isn't real. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck that. It doesn't actually work. I feel like you would have summoned something like real fucked up by 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 jacking off on the on the, on the demonic sigil. Like he comes out and he's like, "Dude, what the fuck?" And he's just like, "Oh my, it's in my horns." Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, he's like, hey man, that wasn't cool. I was like, "It's the book said to do this." He's like, "You did, you did this to me." <laughs> 
I like old de- old demon stuff is funny. It's always just some. It's like he's got like seven heads or whatever. He's like, I can make get you treasure. Just <laughs> <laughs> like I don't need treasure. I want to. F- I want self esteem. <laughs> I need self esteem and confidence. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help you with that. I'm going back in. Oh, Jesus, you fucking ass. <laughs> brushing, brushing. I'm gonna use your shower real quick. So I'm gonna. Can I use your shower? No, get out of here. So you found like different coping <laughs> coping mechanisms. Get out of here, Belial. You're not going to make, you're not gonna make <laughs> you this normal, bitch. <laughs> Don't try. <laughs> uh, so you've been using hell. coping mechanisms? Yeah, no, I can't I'm make this normal. I'm going to bring this back to a point. There is a point. <laughs> but I mean, you, you've, 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 you've used different coping mechanisms, uh, yeah. including demonic sigils and masturbation, yeah. uh, you know, but as one of them. But how do you feel like yoga is helping? I think yoga is probably a little better. <laughs> that was a good transition, right? <laughs> Yoga is just one of those things that you can kind of do every day or, yeah. or when you need it. You can take a day off and it's cheap. That's yeah. the part that I like about it the most. And I also, you know, I guess it took me uh, like 34 years to realize I hold a little bit of tension in my neck. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until I loosened up that I realized how tense I was. Yeah. Like I had to like talk to a therapist when I could afford it. And at one point she was like, have you tried yoga? And I was like, yeah, because I mean, I I, when she said that, I was just like, that just means you can't help me. (laughs) (laughs) That's just you telling me, telling me to like, go, like, go fuck myself. Yeah. And then then you tried it. And it was better than so I I got really (laughs) mad and I went to like Fred Meyer and got like a yoga man, like threw it in a fucking resentful yoga. Yeah. And then the first time I tried it, I like rolled my neck and I was like, oh, there was actually a lot going on (laughs) (laughs) there. I think maybe it was like the 35 years of just being lied to about society and Mm -hmm. what I'm supposed to be Mm -hmm. and uh, how you're supposed to and just always being wrong about everything all the time that and then makes like, your neck oh hurt. yeah yeah makes your neck tense <laughs> yeah. makes your neck tense so that's actually i can't recommend it enough <laughs> what's your few. favorite move my favorite move uh oh, position man. yeah what is it called pose <laughs> pose my favorite pose. there we go yeah, yeah. Well, there's nothing funny about that. You have to do it right now, so we'll see. We're not doing that. No, <laughs> we, uh, have to do it. Uh, we didn't tell you. You have to demonstrate. Well, I like the uh, I like the tree pose because it was just like the first time I did it, I was like, you know what? I haven't spent a lot of time standing on one foot <laughs> since I was like a kid. This is new. Yeah. and it's It was those, a competition. Yeah, it was just like... That adulthood beats that out of you. You just get your ass kicked <laughs> yeah. left and right, and you don't think, well, how long can I stand on one foot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's something to learn there. It's yeah. not like it's not profound or deep or anything, but it's something to focus on that isn't, you know, people in my life not appreciating me. Bills in a commute will really make you not want to like skip anymore. Yeah, it's something simple where just like, okay, you breathe, you stop thinking about all the bullshit that makes mm-hmm. you insane, and then you can return to the bullshit limber. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes you stronger. And uh, you, can, you can face it with newfound clarity even though it's like a simple thing because um 
the whole like forgiving myself every day. I'm not going to fucking do that. <laughs> not yeah, forgive myself one day, let alone the next day. No, I like it's okay. Jesus forgives you. Yeah, I don't really need. Uh, I don't need to have a it's breakthrough a to feel like I, I can relax. Yeah. I think maybe taking a minute to relax makes the whole thing. Do you yeah. think that's mostly better. what yoga is? Is like, do you think it's more the 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 bodily uh, limberness, or or do you think it's it's mostly like taking a moment to just breathe and be clear or both that's got to be both i've never done i mean it does like if you do it every day then you start to get kind of jacked and then you're like <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah way to sell yoga <laughs> to a room full of people yeah, now i'm doing yoga part, you get to return to where it's just like no i actually feel like you it's it does become like a thing where it's like one part of it makes the other part better than one part of it makes the other part better and then if you stick with it for like a few mo- weeks or like a month, then you kind of be like, oh, yeah, actually, I'm changing as a person. It becomes a bit more of a lifestyle thing that isn't just, uh, you know, whatever I was doing before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whatever. Which that will was. not be mentioned yeah. uh, <laughs> or recorded on a podcast. Yeah. Uh, you're safe. <laughs> your, your secret's safe with us. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Zoe, you've done some yoga. <laughs> <laughs> I do like yoga, actually. Do you like yoga? I mean, I haven't done a lot of it, but... I, I actually, I, I had a partner who was into yoga, and I would wake up every Sunday morning to do yoga, and I fucking, I hated it. Uh, <laughs> but then I would get in there, and I was just like, I needed this. I needed this. <laughs> I think yeah. it's better than regular working out. <laughs> what were you going to say, Ben? Well, it can be kind <laughs> of like punishing it to do... Like be like, oh, the only way I cannot be upset is to like work out after I already worked all day. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff. And that's the part where it's like I fucking like so I do yoga with Adrian and there's Oh, part, I like yoga with Adrian. Yeah, it's free. Benji. Yeah. You Benji. said you just did it a little bit, and then you're like, yo. Yeah. I would I would like I'm gonna get yoga with Adrian tattooed on my face. That's how yeah. much I'm gonna get Benji's paw prints tattooed on me. Yeah. But the um <laughs> there's parts where you can I mean you're allowed to do yoga pissed off. Like you're just creating like a jit. you're creating like a little space for yourself to kind of do whatever like there's parts where i'm just like fuck you adrian yeah bitch <laughs> fuck, fuck you when i'm doing <laughs> when you do the the deep core stuff yeah, yeah. Like, you suck adrian you <laughs> and she can't hear me so i'm not hurting anyone yeah yeah so yeah, like, yeah exactly perfect <laughs> perfect yeah, perfect thing <laughs> So you said that you you don't really like talking about mental health. Where do you think that comes from other than the timestamp of it? And, you know, like, do you go to therapy? Uh, no, I can't afford therapy right now because I'm okay. too busy moving and shaking. You know, I'm a hustler. I'm, <laughs> yeah, getting, yeah. I'm on that grind. I'm kind of a Sigma male. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh I'm like uh, I'm like that I'm like guts from Berserk I'm uh, I'm like that guy from Peaky Blinders uh, oh, too busy too busy too busy making moves right? isn't he also uh, an Oppenheimer uh, I'll, I'll see Oppenheimer and I'll probably just start wearing that hat <laughs> like a lot of young men I'm sure well he made something explode yeah there's a, definitely a type of like shy young dude who Killian Murphy is like striking a nerve with where they're just like, I'm not really like an alpha. I think I'm, but I'm still like psychologically dominant. So like they need to have, 
that there's <laughs> this weird like cult of being a dude that's on the internet right now. Which oh, is it's my, weird. My favorite. Yeah, those guys are fucking weird. They think they're talking about mental health, but it's like from a very different standpoint. It's from a stoic. I'm more of like a stoic. I'm more like Marcus Aurelius <laughs> than, <laughs> than a child who was lied to his entire life and yeah. ended up with a pretty disappointing deal in America, <laughs> which is most people and where a lot of pain comes from. But uh, no, you can overcome it through grinding. Yeah. No, but no, I, I don't have a therapist currently. Because it's kind of <laughs> really? <laughs> That's also hard to get one right now. And yeah. A lot of them aren't really offering the, uh, like some of the apps aren't really offering you what they're saying that they're offering. Really? Okay. Like, like a lot of, because there's a shortage yeah. of, of it because, you know, a few years ago, the entire society cratered <laughs> and nobody could work and everyone was inside. And yeah, they're like, maybe I do need this. Yeah, uh, so a lot wait, of people went crazy and kind <laughs> of got into like better help or talk space or something. But the um, not everyone was getting a, like a great deal with that stuff, even though it is, uh, you know, better than nothing, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I did some of that better help stuff and that's who got me into yoga and stuff. <laughs> But if you're like, if you're like a regular, if you're if you're like a regular, so you're saying it works. No, I'm saying it was life changing. Yeah, but um, but you know, I yeah, I, I don't like uh, tossing money in a pit. You know, <laughs> way to describe it in front of a therapist. <laughs> I don't need it. You, you mean know? my wallet? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well, like if you have like uh, if like I used to not make. <laughs> tons of money like i do now so yeah. i just yeah. run, like, all that grind yeah but um i i do think it's just hard for like poor people to afford it so like i think there's got to be other things to you know put a band-aid on all the poor people who can't get help like the here. smoke break yeah. give it up for the smoke break one give time you guys still hanging in there podcast. thank y'all so much for hanging out yeah. <laughs> no but i i think like uh, being able to talk amongst ourselves, you know, like we can offer each other support, you know, like I, I think that you just being a friend, you just being willing to listen. Are you the type of person who, who who's able to listen to other people? Or you're like, I got a lot going on. Uh, it depends on who I'm talking to. I okay. Yeah. Sometimes people will come up to me and they'll just start like after a show or something and they'll think that what like I'll tell a joke and they'll they'll be like, wow, that's that resonated with me so much. I was like, yeah, I mean that I, that's like me six years ago, but you know, good. <laughs> good. So I'm happy that I left you in the dust. A long time ago. <laughs> Comedy fans. Sorry that I left you in the dust with my progress. <laughs> but uh, no, like uh, I, I think I'm a pretty good person at, talk to but if i if you don't trust someone or know them yeah i don't give a fuck about you i don't care. <laughs> <laughs> just like why you don't have to be like nice to everyone or be there for most people yeah you can basically just be there for like a few people who like you can actually be like supportive to instead yeah. of trying to be like no i'm just a supportive person i am not uh, yeah. If well, you get in my way, I'll cut you down. <laughs> <laughs> Words of wisdom and support from Ben Harkins. <laughs> no, well, I mean, like, I think, like, I'm experiencing fatigue with my job just because, like, uh, I used to be, like, the person who's like, yeah, if you're having problems, hit me up. If you're having problems, hit me up. And now I'm just like, don't. Please, please yeah. don't. 
Yeah. Please don't. Like, I care. I care that you're going through that. I'm sorry that that's happening, but I just listened to 50 other people who have it a little bit worse. Uh, and it's kind of yeah. hard to listen to somebody who's just like, ah, I just, yeah. yeah. Well, I agree. I agree with Ben, though, too. Like, there's only so many, like, even realistically, so many people we can be good, good friends to. And I think when we overextend ourselves, it does, like, compromise our relationships. And I think it's important to, like, give to the relationships that give back to you, too. So I think that's valid yeah, for you, sure. You definitely have to, like, acknowledge your limitations where it, it's definitely smart to be like, I don't have room to give a fuck about this shit on, mm -hmm. like, on the outside of my circle. You know? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Uh, but, but I don't. I don't say it's because I can't. <laughs> that that's is because I won't. Important distinction. I, won't. <laughs> well, I, I feel like that also does like that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this work though too because I feel like I was doing it in my personal life a lot more than like probably was healthy. I should and, be getting paid for this. Yeah, and I think that, that was. And I was like, you know what? I think I am called to like being someone who helps, but I think I need to have better boundaries around it. And so I was like. Maybe, you know, part of doing it professionally allows me to have better boundaries in my personal life. But I've also heard that like people that do social work often the skills that make us really great social workers sometimes don't apply to our interpersonal relationships because they're we understand to the point where we let ourselves get hurt. So it's like really sometimes, good boundaries are important. I mean, sometimes it's just you're called to it because you're like a sensitive, empathetic person. And then you're like watching someone's kids get taken away. Yeah, it's and it's kind of like, oh, yeah, this is great for me. Yeah, no, yeah, like, yeah. this is uh, <sighs> dealing with like absolute cruelty and underfunding. Yeah. You have society, to be considerate so. of like where you're, how much you can handle and like what things are and how you like process it. Like what you do when you get off work at the end of the day too, to like let it go when you do heavy shit like that. Well, that's, that's what Zane was talking about. Like having, having compassion fatigue is like that, that. That was a new phrase to me within like two weeks ago. And it was described to me uh, by someone who works in like the, the, the vet field where she, she just wanted to take home all the animals and she yeah. had to, she's had to help put animals down and shit. And yeah, that's like, rough. I cannot imagine, you know, how, how, how brutal that would have to be for somebody that loves animals. And now, you know, like working in a, in an area where you're going to, you're going to see people that you deeply care about, you know, struggle a lot and maybe not make decisions that are benefiting them. And you still need to, you know, step up and like be very, very caring and, and compassionate towards that. It, it definitely can be exhausting. Oh, you love animals? You got to put that person in a box. Yeah. <laughs> that person doesn't get to come to work today. <laughs> we're, today we're getting rid of a lot of dogs today. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I definitely agree that like compassion is uh, it's something that's like important to extend to everybody, but it's an important to extend in the, the ways that we can do it. And uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing with us today. Uh, give give it up one more time for Ben Harkins. Thank you so Little much green. for hanging out with us. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. Our next comic coming to this stage. She's amazing. So please make some noise right now for the very funny Tori Ward. Yeah. Okay. Keep it going for Harkins. Keep it going for everybody. You guys are all such kind, soft people. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> fuck, man. I, uh, okay, so I. Uh, uh, so I went to the doctor the other day, and um, uh, 
it was a gynecologist because I'm a, a female comic and that's what we talk about uh, up here. I went to the gynecologist and she went on this rant about thongs like the, un, you know, the underwear. She, she, they're like the bane of her existence, apparently. Thongs are the bane of every gynecologist's existence. I guess, she, she, I guess they're terrible for you. That's what she's, they're bad for the ecosystem. Not like the ecosystem, like the ecosystem, you know, uh, little ecosystem. They're bad for, uh, yeah. Yeah, she told me that she, and, and then she said, I'm quoting her now. She said, I like to think of that little strip of fabric as like a highway for fecal bacteria. That's what, yeah. Well, I mean, it's what she said. I, I, but I, it bummed me out. It bummed me out at first, you know? But now I'm glad I know that. Now I'm glad I know that. Because when I when I look at my phone, you know, and I, 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 I see pictures of like, women on the beach with like the little thong bikinis and the perfect bodies and they're like staring over their shoulder. And I've I've always looked at those pictures and they've made me feel very insecure, you know? I'm like, oh man, if she looks like that and I, lo- I should be in a fucking burka, dude. Like, what am I doing? Like, what am I... Jesus Christ. But now, ever since I learned that fact, now I look at those pictures and I just think, like, haha, you have shit in your pussy. Like... <laughs> Don't be shit in her pussy, you fucking, and sand, like that's not good. I guess she's sanding it down so it soaks in better, like lacquer, that's good. <laughs> I lost some weight recently, I've, I lost like 100 pounds, and it's, um, it's uh, and I, I did the keto diet, so you know, who knows how much weight I've lost when I finally shit, we'll find out. It's, uh, I know, I'm gonna be so small, I'm so excited, I'm, finally getting the body I've always wanted and I have hemorrhoids and it's, it's, it's fine. It's not a big deal. I'm getting fake tits. I'm going through a lot of changes. I'm getting fake tits. What happened was I went to the doctor for the hemorrhoids and, um, cause I thought he could like push them back in or something. And he was like, I'm not fucking touching it. I know. Do you know how much money I'm? I'm not, no, I'm not going to do the, but this is, this is why I'm getting the tits. Cause he was like, but if your tits look good enough, then Hopefully, no one will flip you over. So uh, they, won't, they won't know. Okay. Great. I get flipped, by the way. I get, I don't want, sometimes people, oh, and I'm like, no, I'm getting flipped. I'm fine. They're, they're flipping us. They, they flip all of us. They don't give a fuck, dude. They flip you. They don't care. Spatula, forklift, they don't give a fuck. They'll flip you over. They don't care. They don't. You can date with hemorrhoids. It's not a big deal. It's not like an STD. It's a weird PSA. But, I mean, I guess that's kind of what we're doing. So, I, uh, yeah, you can date with them. I go on dates. It's a little weird. You know, maybe there's, uh, you know, there's some accessibility issues. You know, like I, 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 I do bring a donut pillow on dates. You know, for sure. I do. You know, I like to think it's endearing. But uh, I do, I do. I bring a donut pillow on a date. You have to, you know, unfortunately, because I'm probably going to need to sit on the guy's face and I don't want him to choke to death. You know, I don't <laughs> want some poor guy getting teabagged by my butt bumps. And so I, I bring a buffer with me when I go. Okay, cool. I, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry. I'm just trying to think where I want to go next. Oh yeah. Cause I went, cause I'm like, I, 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 I don't know. I was raised by my dad and I, I, uh, you know, so I'm not very, I, it's not that I'm not, I just don't know how, I just don't know how to do the stuff. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I should learn to do all the stuff while 
I still have eggs in there. Like I should learn how to be more girly, you know? Uh, and I, so I, I, so I'm trying, you know, cause I, 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 I'm, I'm like starting to like, I'm trying to like shower and stuff. And I, I went, I went to go get a Brazilian wax. Well, they don't do wax anymore. Now it's sugaring. I don't know if you guys know that, but they don't wax now. It's a very attractive lady pours warm sugar on your asshole. That's what they do now. Did you know that? And then she acts like she wants to be your best friend. Have you, <laughs> I totally get how like guys fall in love with strippers, you know, now, cause I, I was walking out of there like, yeah, we're totally getting brunch. Uh, <laughs> I had to look up whether or not you could get a, uh, uh, get sugared, uh, get your butt waxed if you have I had to look up whether or not you could do it with hemorrhoids because I didn't know you know and I it turns out I found an article it said it was very normal it just said you should be sure to tip you know it just said you know don't be cheap it's not a good time and it also said don't make eye contact and I was like well then what's the fucking point you know well, if you can't stare her down why I don't know why why are we what are we doing here yeah I don't know I've always wanted to be one of those girls, one of those kind of girls, like they, they wax the buttholes and they go to brunch and they hate the word moist, but they love the word splurge. And I, I want that so much. <laughs> so I just don't know how to do it. I don't know how. And I, yeah, so the fake tits is a thing that's going to happen because I, well, because that's something they don't warn you about is that when you lose a lot of weight, it all, everything falls down. Because before it was all being held up by like scaffolding, made of like cupcakes and mayonnaise and shit you know what I mean like it holds it up and then you lose weight and it falls down and now I got I got some you know loose I got I call it my chastity flap I have it like hangs down do you guys are you picturing it it floats in the water do you know what I'm talking about like it are you it looks like you need binder clips to fuck me do you guys are you seeing Otherwise, I'm just going to unravel over you like a man of war. Like, I'm just trying to eat you whole, you know, just like a great big jellyfish on a lost little guppy. That's like, are you wet? No, those are digestive fluids. Stay still. Uh, I, I know. I'm sorry. Hmm. Anyways, what was I talking about? Oh, my body. <sighs> tits getting fake tits they're fine they're fine they've kind of fallen down they're you know they hate they're whatever you know it's okay I know it's fine all bodies are beautiful I got you know I, I don't know how to fucking describe I can touch my nipples to my clitoris I and it feels good you know if I'm that feels good that feels it's like three nubs in a tub you know they're more powerful together they are it yeah it is a good time it is hard to look at yourself in the mirror when you're done though that it yeah I've heard guys talk about feeling ashamed after coming from watching porn and I'm like you don't know what shame is you don't My roommate watches a lot of porn. He doesn't think I know, but he uses baby oil and it makes the whole house smell. And then also he, um, well, and he has sleep apnea. And I think, I think he thinks that I'm going to think the sound is his sleep apnea. But when he comes, it doesn't sound like an apnea. It sounds more like a death rattle. I, well, I got worried and I checked on him once and never have I wished to see a dead body more in my life. Never one. I think it's I think it's fine. People say it's it's bad that you know a lot of people have problems with porn. I think watching it's fine. I think it's good. He's get you know getting it out or whatever. Like he's watching people and they're getting paid to do what they do, you know, so he can do what he does and and 
feel like that's healthier than if you don't watch it, you know, because... I mean, no matter what, you got to release, right? And and if, if you don't watch it, then it's just the stuff in here. Like, that's work. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't watch it, then you're like me, and you're just in your room in the dark alone just thinking about somebody you know, you know, uh, <laughs> that doesn't want to fuck you. Like, that, that's... And then you got to see the guy later at Jack in the Box because he's working the window at the drive-thru and like he doesn't know but you know, you know, and and he's like, have a good night. And you're like, I will. And it feels bad. Like it doesn't feel good. Like I feel bad. There is this one kind of porn that my 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 roommate told me about, though, I, that it does kind of stress me out. I, I, I don't know. It does give me some anxiety. He said he's been watching like this stuck porn um which is like it's like where the girl gets he explained it to me i asked i'm an inquisitive person as he said it's where the girl drops like a quarter or something in a couch and she goes to get it out and then she gets stuck and um well that's as much as he told me but it's i mean it's porn someone fucks her i um I mean, I hope someone fucks her. I hope it's not just that she's stuck. That's worse. Like, I hope guys aren't just like, oh, a dumb bitch isn't getting out of there. Like, I hope that's not the whole thing. <laughs> that's way worse for us. Now I'm going to be watching it like him. Like, oh my God, when's someone going to fuck her? This is terrible. This is bad. <laughs> but I, uh, you know, I honestly, though, it is, it, it kind of bothers me because I, well, I, you know, I haven't hit my goal weight yet, and so I have a lot of I have a lot of goal weight clothes. You know, I have a lot of aspirational clothes that I wear. I have a lot of snug fitting hoodies, and I get stuck in my hoodie a lot. Like I get stuck in my, and then I start to panic because I'm claustrophobic. So I'm like panicking, and I'm trying to get out of my hoodie, and then my head's caught in it, and I'm panicking more. And then I remember about that stuck porn. So then I'm worried somebody's gonna fuck me. So I'm, so I'm in the parking lot of Jack in the Box and I'm like trying to get out of my hoodie and I'm swatting away dicks that don't exist and <laughs> someone drives by and they see me and they're like, oh, fentanyl got another one. Like, that's so sad. <laughs> okay. Oh, I have like four minutes left. Well, I'm going to do this. After, as soon as I do this last bit, it's like two minutes and can I be? Because I, I might not go well. Okay, great. I, I... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, hold on. I have to not be scared because if I'm scared, then you get scared. And so the whole thing is I'm supposed to be confident so you feel safe. <laughs> just, I'm not kidding. Just give me, just, just hold on. Okay. 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 So I have like, I have a lot of anxiety. I've had anxiety my whole life and I have a lot of problems with intrusive thoughts and anxiety. And I worry constantly. And I have as long as I can remember. I, I like literally don't remember a time where I wasn't in a state of constant worry and panic. And I, and I remember, I learned about pedophiles. I remember the day I was eight years old and I learned about pedophiles. And what a thing for an eight-year-old to learn about with anxiety. You know what I mean? What a fucking terrible thing. Because I would, man, that was just like adding fuel to the flames. Because I would just stay up late at night, every night. I just worried, just so panicked, terrified, constantly thinking about what would happen if I grew up and became one? You know what I mean? Like, I was so... I'm not kidding. I'm not, because if you're a kid, like, 
All I knew is that like, oh, they're monsters and they have this thing wrong with their brain. And I was like, what if I have the thing wrong with my brain? You know, like, I don't know. There's no way to know if you're a kid. Like, cause I'm like, yeah, I want to fuck kids now, but that's normal. Like, cause I'm a kid, like, (laughs) what if it doesn't go away though? You know? So every day I was just like, went away. I just, I want to make it very clear. It went away. It did go away. It did. (laughs) (laughs) But it made me think like we are, we're mean to them, but we are mean to that. We're at what? We are. We're mean to that group of people. And we're just mean to them because they have it. It's not because they fuck kids. Because I bet for every pedophile that fucks a kid, there are like 10 who would never, who would never, you know, but we act, but like if we found out that they even just had the thing, we'd, you know, we'd be like, fuck you, get out of here. And that's how unfair, that's so unfair. Like we're all walking around feeling like we're such good people because we don't fuck kids, but we don't want to fuck kids, you know? And they don't fuck kids and they fucking want to, you know? Like I, they're the ones making a sacrifice. That's all I'm saying. Like they're the heroes. <laughs> I feel like every day, I like, why not give them a little positive reinforcement? You know what I mean? Like, every day, they don't fuck a kid. They should get a gold star. Just right on their forehead. Just a shiny gold star. Plus, that make them easy to spot. Uh, uh, So, (laughs) I'm done. Thank you. Make some noise one more time for Tori Ward. Wow, we made it. Holy shit. That was nutty. Tori, thank you so much for sharing with us. Yeah, we appreciate you. Uh, So something that you wanted to talk about with us is, uh, I guess, just having compassion for like our parents who might be struggling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. This is the part you don't have to make funny, but it's more fun if you do. Oh, shit. Great. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) But fuck. No, no, no. no, no. You don't have to make it funny. Just just talk to us. Talk to us. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, just that. Uh, was I supposed to write like a bit? No, 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 no. no, no. Okay. You're all good. This is very. <laughs> no. It would have seemed like Harkins did, but he didn't. <laughs> no, thanks for reminding me. That was yeah, just yeah. off the dome. So uh, <laughs> if I'm not funny, it's not a matter of preparation. Yeah. Uh, it's good. Uh, no, I. Uh, so my mom is uh, bipolar, type one. Uh, so she has uh, delusions. Like full delusions when she's manic. So I was not raised with her and I haven't seen her since I was like 17. Cause last time I saw her, she thought she was saving me and was gonna like kidnap me, which is weird because I was big, you know, I was a big, <laughs> big teenager. Uh, so I haven't seen her. And but there's been like throughout one time she like lit a courthouse on fire. Well, one time she came to like save me and she was like going the wrong way down the freeway at like 90 miles an hour. And yeah, and then they like arrest and then they impounded her car and then she got mad. They impounded her car. So then she lit the courthouse on fire. And then I, (laughs) uh, but I guess when they arrested her, she was like sitting in like her bathroom on like the park bench with like the janitor's coffee and like the, um, like the, uh, styrofoam cup, you know, like cold coffee. Just smoking a cigarette, watching it burn. <laughs> what a baller! No you know? shit. Like, like if you're what gonna a do it, Scorsese. Yeah. Like what? Like what a. At least you know she loved you. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> what a cinematic eye she has. Uh, but like my whole life, she's been. Well, when I was little, my dad was very careful to just say she was sick because yeah. I would only see her like once every couple years, and yeah. then I, and then I'd like there'd be like 
months where I'd have to be like picked up from like the principal's office because she was in town and on some crusade and sure. you know whatever and and I uh, and so I like couldn't wait outside for my parents but uh but then when I got like to be a little older um then it was like well yeah she's bipolar but lots of people are bipolar they take medication it's her choice that she's fucked up her life basically you know by going off her meds because she'd go off her meds every once in a while and uh and it was just she's kind of a monster you know yeah. kind of painted as a monster kind of painted as a monster yeah well I, th- I think like if you have a mental illness and you can take meds like people will shame you for not you yeah know? like i i was on medication i felt great uh which is probably a side effect of the fucking medication but i was like i don't need this and then went right back into yeah. the full-blown delusion yeah that is, a, that is a bizarre cycle that i've noticed that not like just with anybody with medication is that like the medication will kind of satiate the the like really intense feelings and they're like, I feel great. I don't need medication. And then not being on medication starts the cycle over again. And that, I, I can imagine that that would be very defeating. And some yeah. people will numb. Some people feel numbed out by their medication too. So yeah. they can't experience the joy that they're used to experiencing. And that could be. Yeah. 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 She, yeah. She uh, took, I don't think she could take lithium anymore. Cause it's hard on your kidneys. Yeah, I, I think. think and so term. now it's yeah. just like, a, now she takes like a cocktail of stuff, but it is kind of crazy. People do where it like, People do that where if you can take medication and then you go off and you have an episode, they act like you. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you did it on purpose. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. So she, but, but she did put my dad through hell. I have like a baptism certificate and my dad's not religious, <laughs> but he said he, she had like for a while, she had uh, like visitation. She got me on weekends for like the first couple of years of my life. And, uh, and my dad's also very dramatic. So who knows? But I do have, <laughs> he did say that he got me baptized. In case she killed me, it was like I didn't know. Oh, oh <laughs> That's dark. <laughs> else to do? So I just got you baptized, and I was like, oh "God, I'll take it from that." Like, just in case, you don't actually have to believe in it. We just yeah. did that. Yeah. Yeah. We're just covering all the bases. Yeah. Uh, we did it at every church that doesn't. Maybe uh, um, Ben could do a, a spell on you as well. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Hey, just to be safe. Just to be safe. But mm. she, so I'm moving, and she's. I haven't seen her in like 15 years and she de- desperately would like to see me. Sure. And I kind of just decided the last time I saw her that like, oh, I'm going to, I never have to see you again. This isn't anything I ever have to deal with. I'm not going to, like, why would I? I'm not going to. And this is really lame. This is so embarrassing. But when all the free Britney stuff happened, oh. <laughs> it made me think about my mom a lot. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, because she was like voted most likely to succeed in her class. She like mm. went to college. She was like a straight A student. She went to school for economics. She was like, and and then you know it kicked in, and so it was like, how can somebody who's it's, it's you can't say, oh, you did everything right. Your trajectory was to be so successful, and it's just a coincidence that you have this debilitating disease and. She, your life went to shit. Like, oh no, no, no. Those actually aren't related yeah. at all. Yeah. That, like, yeah. No, of course they are. Of yeah. course they are. For sure. Uh, well, I mean, I think it takes a lot of compassion to, you know, even for somebody who experienced those situations with your mom, like with the kidnapping and the, the burning of the, you know what I mean? Like with stuff <laughs> like that, it's hard to have compassion in those moments. But I mean, the fact that you've come back to it all these years later and just been able to be like, no, 
you were dealing with a, a difficult brain that says mean things to you. Yeah. And, you know, like, and you even were talking about struggling with like intrusive thoughts yourself. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. I have anxiety. Similarly struggle, you know? And, yeah. and so it's like, I think us having, you know, that stuff kind of gives us the compassion to be like, hey, the place where you were coming from in this moment is not who I believe you to the person you believe the person for you to be. Yeah. Well, and she, there was also stuff too that was like said about her that now how we look at stuff is, crazy so like um when she was like in custody battles with my dad there was like this um it wasn't just my dad who like my grandparents everybody said this about her that she was framed as this kind of like femme fate like um uh you know like those michael douglas movies in the 90s with the like <laughs> like yeah yeah uh because i guess she like would go and see a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist would have to like sign off during like these custody battles, like sign off on her mental health in order for her to like get custody or partial custody. Mm -hmm. And so it was always framed of like, yeah. And then she would always end up sleeping with the psychiatrist and then she would, and then he would give her a pass. And so it was always like, man, this fucking crazy bitch yeah. fucking. And then it's like, whoa, whoa, this guy has a PhD in how yeah. brains yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. She's her. She's sick. Yeah. He, to decides whether or not she gets to see her kid and he fucks her. Yes. Yeah. Serious power and dynamic. Then, and then, but like literally everybody viewed it as like, yeah. oh, this fucking manipulative. Yeah. So like kind of his culture changed. And then I like reflected back on yeah. stuff. I was like, she's been treated really unfairly yeah. in her life. Yeah. That's probably like, crazy to have that realization as an adult, like trying to understand your mom now through that lens. Yeah. But probably healing in some ways too. Yeah. My brother said he, he had it at this. He, he has a different mom. He's my half brother, uh -huh. but he said he had it at the same time. Cause he was telling his wife about my mom and he was like going through and it was like, as he was saying it out loud, he was like, Oh, oh shit. This, yeah. This is actually kind of fucked. Yeah. 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 No, well, retelling that story or just like retelling the story from you know as like as an adult will give you so much more perspective on it because you're not just like a kid hearing the things that you were told you know you can right. be, you could definitely view it like how would i like how how would i feel in that situation and it's 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 cool that you were able to give your mom a lot of forgiveness i'm still struggling with a lot of you know forgiving my my parents and uh it's it's definitely inspiring that you were able to do that yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen her yet. So yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> but it's interesting. It's just it's interesting how like her sexuality was weaponized in that moment. Like you know, like oh, she's like using you know, like I don't know. I just feel yeah. like there's a lot of sexism there. Yeah. In that well, I think portrayal. too. There's like a connection with the bipolar because I think because when you get yeah when your system's all ramped up yeah. Sometimes you get a little promiscuous, like get kind of horny, yeah, you know, and very confident. As well. Yeah, very confident, mm -hmm. and so that aspect of it gets used if you're a woman yeah. with it, and absolutely. Then, and then you know, then that's going to get used, like doubled down yeah. on you. Yeah, you know, we know it's like a symptom, like a very yeah. common symptom of dealing with mania for certain people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That's like you said, yeah. mental health. So I was like, oh, that's a no. Thanks health. for sharing. Yeah, 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 yeah no, I, I appreciate that. Like, I my mom uh, has struggled with like depression. She suffered or struggled with uh, with anxiety and stuff like that. Um, and I think that like at the time, I was just like, I just thought my mom was lazy. You know, I thought she didn't want to get better. I thought she right. didn't want to try and, and and get healthier. I and I think that like as an adult, realizing how hard it is to get healthier, how hard it is to feel better, that like I just have more compassion for her. Yeah, you know. I think that's one thing with parents that I, sometimes I feel like when we talk about like um, kind of in the zeitgeist and the mental health zeitgeist, 
I feel like there's a lack of compassion for parents because people talk about their trauma a lot and then they'll talk about their trauma that they have from that their parents gave them a lot. And it's like, yeah. well, imagine like think about how backwards things are when think about how backwards yeah. things were for them totally. when yeah. they were young. Yeah. So they exactly. have all their shit. Yeah. And so if you want like you have to extend that compassion to generations like above Absolutely. you if you want it. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Mm -hmm. I, and that I, trauma I, like stays in your, like, yeah. it's part of you too. Like what they went through, not just like behavior. Like it gets passed down. Yeah, it's also like in your genetics too, what your family went through, you know, so. And I, I I was like, half the time I was uh, I was raised by, by like my grandparents. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of like, the, the resent I held for my mom and my dad, I was very often able to be like, oh, I get what, like, they fucked you up, didn't they? Cause yeah. there, there was, I, I resented my grandparents a little bit too. And like I said, there's, there's a whole world of forgiveness that, you know, it's yet to be mm -hmm. explored. But like, it, it was, it was interesting seeing how, like, I, I, I understand why my mom and why her brother, my uncle, like, operate the way that they do. It's like, they, she just wanted you to shut the fuck up all the time. She didn't give you space to talk. No wonder when you found that room to talk, you all, you employ that same, kind of just like domineering overpowering like no now now it's my turn to talk and you just like shut your kids up yeah it, it was it was it was a weird ref reflection to have on like the lineage of of trauma yeah 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 for sure no i definitely i i definitely feel like we we've been able to now that we understand more we're able to extend uh -huh. those things to other people like even like houseless people like i work with houseless people now but there was a point where i didn't have compassion you know what I'm saying? And it's like it's coming from a place of like understanding that we haven't always been educated in the way that we are now and like just doing better with the new information that we have. Yeah. You know, because it's like understanding that like somebody's not lazy. I thought my mom was lazy. You know, I thought that houseless people were lazy. And then it was like, oh, OK, these people are struggling mentally. These people are struggling with substances. These people are struggling with abuse. These people are struggling with so many different things that like if I don't give compassion to what they're dealing with, then it's like. It just doesn't allow for you to see people as people. You know, yeah. you see them as monsters. You see them as actions. You see them as, you know, so much less than just a full person. Well, I think something else, too, because you're mentioning, like, um, houses people is that the, um, the fact that the bottom is so low that you can go to, like, yeah. really aggravates every. It's bad for everybody's mental health, because, yeah. like, if you have, like, spiraling anxiety and the, like, what ifs, what ifs. And then people are like, you're being irrational. And it's like, oh, really? I'm being irrational. Look at how people are having to live around me. That right. could happen. Like it yeah. affects everyone's yeah. psyche and kicks in survival anxiety totally. for everyone. Yeah. Because it's like a remind like that could yeah. don't fuck up. Yeah. If you like, don't keep that up. Could. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be any of us if we didn't have the support or. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. I think it's really bad for everyone's brain to be see that all the time and be reminded all the time of like this is how hard it could be yeah. don't fucking uh, yeah, don't, don't mess up don't otherwise mess up, you're don't with mess up. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, well, I, especially I, we talk the way like houseless people are stigmatized too yeah sense of, yeah like yeah no, yeah definitely i think but i think that you know conversations like this are the things that allow for there to be compassion and understanding of where everybody's coming from so yeah thank you so much for joining us tori i appreciate Yay. you thank you for sharing your story sharing your stand-up give it up one more time for tori yeah, ward thank you tori that has been the smoke break. Thank you all so much for coming out. Uh, we will be here every last Saturday, and I will see you all. We have then. merch for sale. We have merch for sale. Merch if y'all want to buy some t-shirts and hoodies. Thank you for being here, everybody. Yes, thank you all so much. Have a good rest of your day. <laughs>